0: Transfers, pickups, commits, pads, and spring ball. The weather is warming and it's the season of optimism. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read can't write the podcast that proves to wolverines spartans can talk i'm mike jones joined of course by the man who wasn't able to carry the podcast last week kevin greck and everyone's favorite non-credited third wheel alex plum uh i'd ask plum how he's doing but he's not credited greck how are you
1: i'm doing great i'm enjoying my station uh at the top of the podcast uh named both on twitter and in the show notes so uh that's where i like to be you know better than other people yeah well, you don't have it you
2: you don't have a dog uh licking you uh over here so why don't you just uh maybe take yourself down a couple notches there friend
0: hmm. okay friend. yeah we, all right if plum ever calls That's you fair. friend it is always threatening uh you're in
1: a bit of a spot
0: <laughs> that is of course our other co-host alex plum Uh, who was sadly out last week when we had a riveting discussion about uh, vaccine protocols planned for the pod. Um, Thank you, of course, for listening to the podcast. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life, rate review and subscribe to us on whatever platform you get podcasts. Seriously, leave a review, pause the podcast and go leave a review and then follow us on Twitter at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, Greg, What's
1: the structure of the show today? Uh, Green Wall, where the sport that always leads is indeed football. And it's back. Uh, Quite a bit to talk about there because our team is not in the NCAA tournament anymore. Uh, Then we'll talk about hoops. There has been a development there that I'm sure you're already aware of. But we'll cover in greater detail. And then finally, we'll go off Grand River and then take your Twitter questions. And Those are great this week. Got some good ones in there. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I promised that we would be bringing back the Twitter question power rankings over the summer. And so people needed to brush the rust off. Um, so let's start with football. Um, uh, we're going to talk about jersey numbers at the end of our football segment.
1: And... It's right up front in our outline, though. All right, I'll fine. We'll start. Start we talk about, about the candy. number one up front, Jonesy. Th- that's where that's... the number one belongs idiot this idiot god it's so Friend. simple it's Friend. so simple and you're just like oh let's put the number one in the back not how the number one works michael now that you would know you've never been anyone's number one.
2: Oh my
0: god this <laughs> like, is getting deep yeah they got very <laughs> offensive <laughs> this hurts so much uh so <laughs> Uh, since Charles Rogers, no one has won the number. No one has worn the number one at Michigan state university in football. And I believe it was a John L Smith rule actually yeah. that the number was removed and it just seemingly lived on through Mark D'Antonio. I don't know if it was an official rule. Um, but Charles Rogers, obviously a, a, a legend at Michigan state, mm-hmm. um, a legendary receiver, just not in his own right. Um, irrespective of of the school he played at, um, and uh, you know, obviously passed way too young. How do we feel about the number coming back? Generally speaking,
1: well, uh, I think what John L said was no names on the jerseys and no number one because no one's bigger than the team. I I think that that if that's something you have to say. You might have some cultural issues, like honestly, John L. had some cultural, problems. honestly. Who looks at the number one and the names on the jerseys and is like, I don't know about this team, I'm not so sure. Like, it, I don't see how this drives anything to do with culture or accountability or anything like that. So, it doesn't bother me at all to have them number one back. What about you guys?
0: Uh. So MSU tweeted out a video um, announcing that the the number was coming back and that Jaden Reed would be wearing it. Uh, they it was a it was a very cool video where they cut up you know uh, clips of Charles Rogers, clips of Jaden Reed, um, and you know uh, Jaden Reed was uh, quick to also send out a tweet, sort of acknowledging whose number he was wearing. And I guess I don't have a problem with it per se. I, I mean the number hasn't been retired. Um, but it is, and, and I get in football, there's a lot of reasons to be very hesitant to be trigger happy on retiring numbers. Yeah. But, uh, that's a, that's a big comparison to be making is I guess where I land on it. Jaden in- Reed may well be a very talented receiver, particularly yeah. if he has a better quarterback, but Charles Rogers,
1: I don't think he's going number two in the draft. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother me. I'm I'm fine having it back. Uh, it, the comparison doesn't work entirely at the moment, but uh, it's it's nice. It was a nice little you know high production value video that sure. will get recruits excited. That's what all of this stuff is about. Well, we're days. gonna
0: get more into that too. So, uh, Plum, do you do you have a problem with uh, them bringing
1: it back? Nope, just a number. All right. Personally, I think MSU's team, uh, MSU's number one is the five. Because of its resemblance to the block S, I think that's the most important number of them all. And some
0: might say the greatest of all time wore that number. Yeah, the GOATs. Some might say. Uh, All right, let's talk a bit about spring football then. And before we kind of, uh, you know, we won't do a we'll do a bigger sort of of dive on the team after spring ball concludes. But want to kind of give a bit of a quick breeze through on the roster overview. And we'll start with transfers out and transfers in uh, and some roster moves and then, you know, kind of maybe quickly go through each position. I know Plum is teed up for that. So uh, transfers out out uh Larissa Nelson, Trey Person, Matt Dotson and Jordan Reed. It it seems that Matt Dotson and Jordan Reed maybe have just retired from football entirely. Um
1: which is are the- which is wild. Like Jordan Reed was a starter. He opted out from COVID season again. Right. right. Completely understand why someone would make that decision. Um but that, I mean, that was a guy that I think MSU fans expected to see a lot of on Saturdays in the fall. Same with Trey Person. I mean, he was getting a lot of playtime. I think he had like five or six starts. Yeah, in... he kind of started getting passed, though. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, hmm.
0: And, you know, you become an upperclassman. And if there is indeed a culture shift on sort of competition versus seniority.
2: Mm-hmm. um, You know
0: they start bringing a whole bunch of D backs in like, I I, I don't know. I'm I'm not, uh, I'm certainly wishing him success wherever he ends up. Sure. But uh, coach cap actually uh, the, who's the offensive line coach was asked about Jordan Reed. And it seems that Jordan Reed just, you know, he graduated and, you know, kind of knew he wasn't going to be playing on Sundays. So like, I just start making money. Go just start my career. Yeah. Um,
2: fair enough. Uh, Nation, Na- Nation, national car rental. What's that? Uh, enterprise. That's it. That's something in enterprise car rental. Wait, what? You know, it was a whole thing, right? Like, uh, you're going to have to cut all of this, by the way. But, you know, that's stupid. We're leaving it all in.
1: N- Let N- them see that Alex Plum is human after all. N- N- see C- rambling incoherent <laughs> mess. I think what he's referring to is those... <laughs> enterprise uh, commercials where they're like, we employ former athletes. Come work for us.
2: That's right. That's right. You got
0: it. We're doing a weird word association thing here. Uh, And it sounds like maybe Matt Dotson actually was injured at one point in time and just, you know, hung him up. Um, So uh, those are the big names. Greg, you had mentioned that maybe there were 20 yeah other people
1: who were not on the roster there is an unofficial accounting uh of names that were expected to appear on this roster that are not on it and it is numbering somewhere in the 20 range uh now 13 i think of those had already been identified as transferring out one way or another but that leaves seven guys and this you know this happens every spring where there's a person that's not on the death chart for one reason or another um you know, it could be some kind of discipline issue. It could be a grades issue. Seven is more than usual. So I think we're expecting to hear more about some names that Mm -hmm. won't be with the program. I'm sure a couple of them will come back on over time. uh, But I would bet, you know, three or four of those guys are no longer with the program either. So that's a, a, that's in addition to a, well, there isn't a graduating class is there. So I, I guess that's maybe about as much attrition as you would normally get in a year, but not in the way that you would normally expect. So sure. Wild crazy yeah. turnover. Um, Which I believe we'd mentioned on, on past
0: pods that, you know, the way coach Tucker was talking about roster uh, additions that about a third to half the team was going to be new. Um, so yay. Uh speaking of which, we have one exciting transfer in. Otavion Tank Brown, uh, he goes by tank and he is 6'4, 235 and plays linebacker, uh, has transferred in from Minnesota. He was in Minnesota's class of 2020, uh, where he redshirted his uh his first year, that is last year he was their highest rated recruit in that class oops a four star <laughs> yeah four star 21st uh outside linebacker in the nation 311th nationally overall uh fifth from the state of missouri uh big kid who who plays with a lot of downhill speed uh you know i i don't know that he cracks the or you know hits the field this year Certainly it bodes well that he has a year of collegiate weight and conditioning or sort of weightlifting and conditioning under him. But, um, you know, that is a position where we have two guys who have playing experience for two spots. So there is uh, there's a immediate need for depth at that position. So it's a you look at the profile, a huge pickup.
1: Yeah. And certainly it bodes well that dude's name is Tank. You know
0: doesn't hurt does not hurt i mean we that's we, my hard
1: hitting analysis. We've long <laughs> been
0: long, this pad this pod is uh long fans of of players who have weaponry as their name mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. have not once spoken an ill word about anyone uh <coughs> rocket uh named after weaponry so uh Some notable moves on the roster are Brandon Wright has moved from running back to defensive end and Montori Foster uh, has been apparently spending time with the defensive backs. It will uh, TBD on, on where he ends up. Uh, And then last uh, sort of programming note is Ethan Boyd, who was a commit from the class of 2021 and was one of the early enrollees uh, was, has put some weight on fast. Uh, He's a big dude at 6'7, and when he committed to MSU, he was listed at 270. Uh, Coach Cap said that he was at 328 at last weigh in, and they are looking to take him down. Apparently, Case Hall has been treating him nicely.
1: Been getting, yeah. into the, uh, been getting into the food line over there at the Case Hall, you know? Yeah. I mean, running that meal card. Mm-hmm. Uh Plum, what do you think about the human body being 6'7", 325 pounds? Like, did I, the human heart support that?
2: I mean, apparently it is. <laughs> I don't know how sustainable it is, but it probably depends on what kind of weight the kids got, Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, where, what, I mean, what, where what kind of weight is it? Is it muscle? That can't be muscle. That's <laughs> gotta be. I don't be. think muscle gets put on that fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is, uh... but you know, it's been a hard year for all of us. So glad that he's uh, dropping some. have all of it put and... a few pounds on.
1: Yeah. I think we've all fired up a, uh, yeah. you know, a COVID, you know, friend or family Zoom and thought to ourselves, yep. someone's put on yep. a couple COVID pounds over yep. there. That's you know? right. That's right. Uh, so, yeah ethan boyd Just one of them say those. my name man say my name yeah. all right uh, there's a reason we don't do video versions of this podcast that's it
0: so uh other things that have happened in addition to spring ball and dudes getting big like ethan boyd are uh, msu hosted a pro day mm. which i guess let's let's start here in that the I, I think the the overarching headline about the pro day should be big cultural shift from Mark Dantonio.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so there was this really fascinating article that that was published about this. You know, this what is his name, the coordinator for this uh, for recruiting? Oh, Guy sure was with, his
0: last name Scott Eliago. And he was go. with he was with the Browns. I want to say. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah,
2: and I, I was so struck, and I, I For the life of me, I don't understand why the culture would need to change as much. In, in in other words, what I don't understand is why D'Antonio had locked out so many NFL scouts. Why wouldn't you be doing everything you could for your players who, who harbored ambitions of going pro? Well,
1: I mean, there were always pro days and they had guys there, but I think uh, D'Antonio did not fully embrace the NFL in the same way that Tucker obviously is. I think he saw it as, these guys, after they graduate, after they spend their time here, then they'll go to the NFL. Um, I mean, he famously said of of uh, of uh, Le'Veon Bell, like, why didn't he come back his senior year? We were going to give him fifty three touches. Like, mm-hmm. that's precisely why he didn't come back from his for his senior year. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I think it's just a different approach to things. But like, there were always NFL guys in the building for pro day. I mean, Mike Tomlin came to see Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I can just think of that off the top of my head. So, um, it's just not as like roll out the red carpet, do everything you can to make sure that all of the scouts are having a good time, you know, put the whole spread out, you know, five-star type of thing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I also think Antonio,
0: in in addition to pro days, though, and, and we'll see how this this pans out going forward on, you know, with hopefully post-COVID, you know, with the restrictions being uh, uh, lifted, I don't think scouts were allowed to practices under Mark D'Antonio. And uh, I, the impression that has been had, generally speaking, about Mel Tucker is that that won't be a question. Okay, Scouts, you want to come to a practice, come whenever you want. Um the the other piece that's interesting about this though is that that MSU has uh created some decent video content around this. They straight up got scouts on camera talking about MSU's pro day and then released it to their social media which that is an audience of recruits. Right you, you have the Viking scout there who's talking about the pro day. You have the Patriot scout or you know whomever talking about the pro day. That is clearly a Yo, come play here! Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like uh, these guys treat us right; they'll treat you right. You want to get to the league? This is a good stop for you. Um, I think that's really, really important. Uh, if if Mel Tucker's recruiting is is to prowess is to be believed, that all of that said, uh, there, so there may have been some wins on pro day, but for the players themselves, it seemed like. They were not. Um, So MSU's draft streak is maybe in jeopardy. Uh, Shakur Brown, who was widely projected to be a fourth round pick before his pro day, uh, measured in at five, nine and a half instead of the listed six foot. That is
1: quite a bit less. (laughs) That's a football eternity. Yes. That's football eight feet. Difference.
0: Uh, and ran a four six one forty 40 yard dash, uh, which for his position is slow. Um, you'd expect him to be at a four, five, four, four in that mm. space. Mm-hmm. Um, Antoine Simmons, uh, came in a bit underweight. Uh, you know, well, Antoine Simmons always didn't quite have the measurables that, that makes sense for the league. Despite the fact that we think the world of him here as a as a player, um, but he also ran a four eight forty, um, which that's also about point three seconds slow. He should have been more like a four-five. And then last, uh impressively, Naquan Jones did the league had sort of given given him feedback or he had heard that he needed to drop weight drop weight. So he had gone down from three forty to three eighteen, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm but the risk you run with all of these guys is that it's a bit easier to take a flyer on them as an undrafted free agent than actually a drafted guy, yeah, no, which drafted. Uh, for Antoine and Naquan, that's probably the likely path. Shakur, you hope that maybe he only slid back a couple rounds. Um, Cause his tape is very good.
1: His tape is very good. And he'll have another shot, right? He'll have another pro day. So, and then he'll have to work out for teams as well. So this isn't, A death knell uh for his prospects but it is something that he'll be asked about in all of his team interviews for sure
0: let's say i snuck one of those chick-fil-a sandwiches before uh before we got started that's what they gave the scouts on the way out the door was (laughs) chick-fil-a so just had a sandwich before he ran his 40 that's my bad um Last last bit of news on MSU football uh, is that we had another commit for the class of 2022, which is the highest rated commit that they've had thus far. He's a 6'2", 193-pound safety named Malik Spencer. He comes from Georgia. He's a high three-star. He's the 33rd rated safety in the nation and 534th overall nationally. He comes from an awesome offer list does anyone happen to have it up right now
1: oh this one's my bad i could have had this up already i got it but we someone else uh, talk i'm talking way too much Oh, no. okay. you're doing we great can talk about recruiting peer groups Yeah. so we've got uh it's pretty good we got arizona state we got auburn we got georgia tech we got kansas state we got kentucky we got miami we got the u in there you got Minnesota, Nebraska, Pitt, U of M, USC, Vanderbilt. I mean, that's what you're looking for. Is the West Vanderbilt Virginia. offer? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if you're talking report uh, recruiting peer groups, this one's trending upwards.
0: At the yeah, Michigan.
1: Least. Michigan offered
0: him last month. So. You know he's pretty good. You yeah. gotta you gotta probably believe there's gonna be maybe a re-rank that's a little bit higher rated. He's got
1: an IU offer, so forks down. Got him. Forks take, down for Arizona State too. Take that. Two forks down. Double forks down. Uh but no, that's great. Very exciting. Um it, d- is it a trend yet that uh that Mel Tucker seems to recruit better out of the transfer portal than out of high schools and prep schools like is it are we there yet or is it just like you know so that's a that's
0: a really interesting question and it's actually something that uh in different ways uh both mel tucker scott uh, uh, aliago and uh coach cap have have all discussed in that when dudes go into the transfer portal Mm -hmm. that it is Hey, every school is calling them. If there, if you're any good, every school is calling them. Right. And it is 1000% a business decision. You have a few minutes to make your pitch. And it's, you know, there's a variety of reasons that they're transferring, but almost certainly it's to get to a higher profile program, better coaching, reach the field earlier, get to the league, et cetera. Yeah. And.
2: Wait, can I ask so a question? Is Is it, is it to get to the
0: league? Is that, I mean, is that the decision? Is that really, I mean, is it 100% of them, do you think? Not 100%, not 100% for sure. But uh, Anthony Russo, I got to believe he has Sunday aspirations. Yeah. And that Temple probably wasn't going to get it done. Going to a Big Ten school probably does. Um, the, you know, Jarrett Horst from Arkansas State, you know, it's interesting that he chose us over Oklahoma twice. but. The, you know, I got to believe that's a dude who's looking for Sundays. Um, the kid from Wake, um, you know, him coming here. That's that's probably a reason. And, you know, it, it not necessarily for all of them, but it, the ones he's been landing, it seems like the pitch is almost certainly a very business decision about getting to the league. Mm-hmm. And the and the, the the availability of playing time and in that they're looking to win now and make serious improvements to their talent Yeah, level.
1: Mel's got a lot of green grass that he can offer these guys in the transfer portal right now. Yeah. yeah. Um so it, with all of that said,
0: Greg to your earlier question, it, you know, I've coached in the NFL, my director of player personnel was a scout in the NFL. Um you know, we actually have reputably pretty great coaches here and you know, you'll be on national television guaranteed uh, every week. Um, and you got to make that pitch super fast. Yeah. Then on the other side of things, you have a dude who spent most of his time in the South. Let's be fair about that. And his staff is from a lot of different places they've not been able to visit high schools, they've not been able to get to know coaches, they've mm-hmm. like they've not been able to host anyone on campus. Like they keep saying that we just want to have a kid here and we know we can close the deal. And it it's a it's a fine excuse. Like it it that's a legit not going to a college you would literally attend. Not many people do that. And the, yeah. so I, I in fairness I think that's, that's fine. And Malik Spencer is a very high three star. And that offer list is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know.
1: No, uh, we'll see. And, uh, you know, he's got plenty of runway left. Mel Tucker. I mean, we're just reading tea leaves right now. And it's definitely true that he still has not had a single high school recruit on campus yet. So that's wild. Um, Actually,
0: that's not true. He had a couple on campus. Uh, All right.
1: He's had a couple of high school recruits on campus. It's hardly okay. a big event. It's hardly, you know, a yes. whole recruiting thing. Um, yeah. So uh, anything hoops. else on football?
0: Nope. Hoops. Let's talk hoops. And we didn't get a chance to get Plum's post-mortem on the MSU basketball team. And I know we will continue to talk about it over the weeks, but Plum you've had some time to sit on it, stew on it, think on it, calm on it, maybe. Hmm. Sure. <laughs> where, where are you emotionally on the season? That was, you know,
2: great question. I appreciate the opportunity for some introspection. I um, look at the season as a uh, freebie. I uh, didn't think we were going to get it. Uh, and I uh, knew it was going to be disappointed from the top. Um, Knew that we weren't going to have the kind of guys that we had when we won the national championship in 2020. Um, So it was, um, you know, I don't know. The season was bonkers. It was wacky. (sighs) COVID scares up and down. I don't think anyone's head was in the right place. We had personal tragedies for some of the guys on the team. A lot more of the internal sort of mental turmoil, I think. Um, It was a weird year across you know, the NCAA for power five conferences, big marquee programs, not making the big dance. We basically didn't make the big dance. Um, but I know we officially did. I know. Fine. Fuck. But you know, so I, I just, uh, I don't know. I'll never forgive rocket Watts. I will never forgive rocket Watts. Um, and that stated, I wish the best for him. Um, hope he lands somewhere. Um, hope we find out this week or soon that he is in the transfer portal. Hope that Tom Izzo <laughs> kicks his ass into the transfer portal. Um, if he comes back to the team, I will commit at least three or four felonies um, and surrender my place on the pod.
1: This after last week, we talked about maybe, maybe we got too hard on, on guys. I heard you. I
2: heard you. And I texted you both and said, I thought you handled everything really well, but that was, I thought you handled things really well. I knew I wasn't going to be handled in that way. And, I would say I have calmed down appreciably since uh, since how I might have offered it. But I'll tell you, I just, I truly believe, like I can give a lot to um, to um, the dopey idiot from Marquette, who I wish could go back to Marquette. Howser, fine. I'll give him, I'll give him a little bit. I mean, I don't know why there, there's something irreparably broken inside of him. He looks like a broken, broken, depressed person, and I have a lot of compassion for him. R- Rocket Watts is. Not why are we spending time on this? I he's just I don't I'm I'm done with him and he needs to be done with the program. That's that's well, the postmortem on the on the air.
1: To that point, we're about to talk transfers. There are no scholarship players in the transfer portal yet. Uh which is surprising to me. Yes. I expected at least one to be in there by now. So we've been
0: led to believe from some insiders that there would be a mass exodus, uh, that has not yet happened, but we have lost Jack Hoiberg. Um, step back. Jack is moving on. This one surprised me.
1: Has we, have we determined Did he graduate or is he just transferring?
0: Uh, he's a grad transfer. I believe with two years of eligibility.
1: Okay. That makes a lot more sense. I was too lazy to look it up myself, but, uh, I've liked having Jack on the team. Uh so best of luck to him. That's great. Yeah. Uh
0: and and in fairness, Jack Hoiberg maybe actually has the frame
1: that he could play competitive minutes somewhere. Yeah. Um Go find so. a program that you want to do and play basketball at that place. That sounds like a really good life to me. I mean, yeah, ha- having been yeah. in college myself and not been a basketball player, like I can see you where being really good on a small basketball team. And then also being in a program that you want to be in that, that sounds like a really good combination of things to me.
0: And also having a dad with pro money and then Nebraska head coach money. That sounds great too. Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) things are looking okay for Jack. Good to have him as a Spartan.
0: Uh, he will always, yes, we wish Jack well, uh, but certainly always, always a Spartan. And, uh, Unless, of course, he goes to another Big Ten program, not named Nebraska for some bizarro world reason.
1: I don't think we're in. Nope, we are
0: not worrying about that. But let's talk about uh, you mentioned the scholarship situation, and that is all the more acute because MSU just received a commitment from a transfer in Tyson Walker from Northeastern which we'll talk about Tyson in a second, but with the three players that are coming in as part of the 2021 class, that commitment puts us firmly one scholarship over the limit. Um, Great. So we just
1: got to wait for Rocket to announce. That's fine. I can do that. I can wait. Weirdly, getting a commitment from a true point guard to me, maybe think Rocket might want to stick around now. Like Uh the... The pressure of playing the point is now off of him. If he wants to stick around. he can Oh, be good. So then he won't make those guard?
2: asinine. Oh, shooting. Let's talk about shooting guard. Don't you have to shoot to be a shooting guard? Which is to yeah. say, don't you have to score while shooting
1: as a shooting guard? Tell me. Do, do you think like a 23% three point uh, percentage is, is that bad for a shooting guard?
2: <laughs> I only have the season. The entire season to judge him. Well, even if maybe just the Big Ten season, but dear
1: God. And last year. I mean, he was worse this year than last year, but like he He was was not good last year. Uh, Tell us about this dude, Jonesy. Tell tell the audience.
0: I will just say as we uh, cry for Rocket to be elsewhere, um, I've been I've been hearing in a couple different places that maybe. Foster Lawyer, his injury might be worse than we imagine. And maybe Foster becomes a grad assistant. Mm. Um, so, uh, which, uh, honestly, I, I love anything for Foster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but um, that would be an intriguing development. I don't want that dude's career to be over. I think no, I don't, I don't either. Right. Uh, yes. So uh,
1: when he I don't can get want- it off. He's got a great shot. Mhm more about that I th- I think we've all seen it and we've all enjoyed it. Uh it's just that sometimes he does struggle to get it off. So uh I expected him to go somewhere where that would be you know more frequent for him and uh I guess maybe not. I I don't want his career to be over though. I think No,
0: I don't either. Um and so, you know, uh, hopefully he gets to play again uh and you know, whether that's with us, someone else, but you know, if he was coaching, it sounds like seems like a very realistic career path for a foster lawyer and, and he's not in a bad place to do some learning. So hmm. um, anyway, Tyson Walker is actually an incredibly exciting pickup. Uh, and I want to start with before we go through his um, his stats, et cetera. We talk a lot about peer groups because the first knock against Tyson Walker will be that he's coming from the Colonial Athletic Association and that Northeastern people are like, do you mean Northwestern? And we're like, no, Northeastern. Um, he was recruited uh, from the portal by Maryland, Texas, Kansas, Vanderbilt, and Miami. That's not a bad peer group.
1: There's yeah. that Vanderbilt again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of Vanderbilt. We just keep <laughs> knocking them down.
0: So uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh there was very real interest in Tyson Walker. Uh he is a bit slight. Uh he's 6 foot 160, but he is a true point guard. He averaged 18.6 points per game, 78 point er, I'm sorry, 78% from uh the line, 37% from behind the arc, 2.9 rebounds, 4.8 assists per game, 3.3 turnovers per game, which, you know, Okay, uh, but 2.4 steals per game and 34.6 minutes per game and was named the Defensive Player of the Year for the Colonial. Um, that is uh, a great stat line, and uh, he had imp- he played six Power 5 games. We'll only count four of them because two were against Mass, uh, and that's not a real school. Uh, But he was great against North Carolina, 27 points, three rebounds, two steals, one assist. Good against Georgia with 19 points and six assists. Not great against uh, West Virginia with 10 points, three assists, two rebounds, and five turnovers. And was straight up bad against Syracuse. Uh, Can't relate to that ever happening. Uh, with seven points, four assists, <laughs> he'll two fit steals. right in. Yeah, he'll fit right <laughs> in. Uh, the
1: the most important thing in all of this is if you watch his highlight film, he seems to operate really well out of ball screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so expect to see. I mean, this is not Cassius Winston that you're bringing back in, at least not right away. But uh, expect to see some of that old offensive uh, play style from from years of yore. Uh, that's really exciting and not something that we got to see a whole lot this year, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And, and with, so hat tip to Will Hunter who pointed this out, but he did make some stat comparisons to uh, Cassius Winston. And obviously will noted this. We would note this again, that there's plenty of caveats on stat comparisons based upon the league that he was in. But in terms of his usage, his true shooting percentage, his assist rate, turnover rate, and free throw rate, um, he he stacks up with Cassius. So again, you you would reasonably expect a a drop off from the you know the change in competition. But to your point, Greg, uh, the way he runs his offense and the way MSU wants to run its offense, you probably can expect some success. Um, and encouragingly he gets to the free throw line, uh, his free throw rate, which is, uh, for those who don't know, is defined as the number of free throw attempts divided by field goal attempts is four points higher than Aaron Henry, 10 points higher than Josh Langford and nearly twice as high as rocket Watts. <laughs> dude is going to, I, he may be small and there may be a change in competition, but dude is going to pick up some contact and he's going to get to the line. And that would have made a world of difference for this MSU team this past year.
1: God, Rockets should have spent way more time at the line. It just makes no sense at all. He's such a good free throw shooter. Yeah, like, I, it's, I, it's I, the only way he has to put the ball in the hoop. Uh, no, this is exciting. And like we said, it, it means that someone has to go. Yep. Uh, anything else that you want to say? I'm Mr. Tyson Walker. I, I do have one thing just to throw in for college basketball generally before we move on to, uh, to off Grand river. Uh,
0: the only thing I would say is that it was notable that Jaden Aikens, who is a incoming point guard, tweeted out a video clip of himself today and said something to the effect of believe myself 100. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know what to make of that other than to say that Jaden Aikens is also an incredibly special talent who I have zero doubts about being a long-term success at MSU, but a experienced starting point guard at the collegiate level there's no way to slice it. Like that's a big pickup.
1: Yeah. He Jordan Akins is probably a really big competitor. He probably would have liked to just walk right in and take over this team, but like freshman point guards in the big 10 get eaten for lunch. This needed to happen. Uh, Have you guys been watching the, uh, the sweet 16 games? We should, we should note Michigan cruised to the elite eight
0: did Florida State even Florida bother 10. playing that game? Did Florida State even bother playing that game?
1: I, I did. We you know, we mentioned Ken Palm a lot. And I did want to point out that of the 10 remaining teams as of taping, nine of them are in the Ken Palm top 20. So doing something right over at the Ken Palm. Just wanted to point that out. The only one outside of the top 10 in Ken Palm is Oregon is UCLA. State. Oregon State. Wait, isn't uh, UCLA still in the tournament? Yeah, they were in the top 20. Did I misspeak? They were They were 44. Uh, they're 20 right now.
0: Oh, well, they that must include Games. changes from yeah, the yes, tournament. Yep, yep, yeah, gotta be. They ended the season at, like, 44. Well,
1: all right. Then maybe it's not as good a stat as I thought it was. But, uh... <laughs> but, uh, I'm in. Mean, looking pretty good right now. It was. Uh, com- it was compelling. <laughs> Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. My stats, man.
0: Uh... (laughs) All right, Greg. uh, Tell us about our sponsor before we head off Grand River.
1: All right, we got a sponsor, and I think at this point you might know the man. He's a man of mortgage rates. He's a man of a consultative approach. He's a man that will sit you down, go over all your options, and find the best mortgage for you. Because our man. Brandon Sands, Brandon with the E, Sands with the Z is truly one of the finest home loan originators on on the planet. on the planet, Dude has closed over over 10,000 loans. Think about that. Think about 10,000 loans And as you think about those types of things, also consider that mortgage rates are you know at alarmingly low levels. I mean, below 4% right now. So take what you know about mortgage levels, take what you know about Brandon Sands and combine them into a holy unity of a new, even better monthly mortgage payment. Don't be a fool. Reach out to Brandon Sands at rate.com slash Brandon Sands. That's Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z today and experience that consultative approach for yourself. You owe it to yourself to do it right now. 10,000 lines. Be 10,001, man. Be 10,001.
0: Love it. Great. Let's head off Grand River, gentlemen. Let's start with the NCAA, Alex Plum's favorite topic. Yay. Who seemingly gets worse and worse with women. Yeah. What? Uh,
1: what is this? I see this bullet. I haven't heard this story i heard that they uh they appointed a former judge or something like that to do an investigation i haven't read up on that but what is this about? educate me
0: yeah well so there's that the I, I, it's i you don't need to do an investigation i, I i'm gonna steal from holly rose tweet which is just to say give the tournaments the same amount of money yeah. that solves your problem that that this isn't complicated, and there was a a perspective piece in the Washington Post that, you know, the 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 NCAA will try and point out that, or claim rather, not to point out, but claim that the women's tournament doesn't make as much money as the men's tournament, or or, or maybe they even indicate that it just doesn't make money, but that's hot garbage. ESPN aired. Every single game of the women's tournament, every single one, and they sold ad revenue, and it wasn't to the My Pillow guy. It was major advertisers on this uh, on the on the women's tournament. So, look, you know, I know we do a shitty job of covering women's hoops on this podcast. And, and frankly, after the men's team bowed out, I was like, man, why don't I follow the women's team more? Because it's basketball and I love basketball. And so it it is next year, I'm, it is, it is my resolution to do a better job of following the women's team because it, it, it's a great game. It is a game with a ton of, a ton of enthusiasm that people watch and that has major advertisers behind it and so the notion that there was just a mere dumbbell rack there and that plum were we right on our on our covid analysis last week yeah yeah you guys yeah. you're yeah nailed it i've been listening to alex plum that like it is baffling to me and that they don't even have the same court treatment like the logos aren't the same is also insane to me so i just it, it, like for Mark Emmerich has somehow doubled down on this notion that there needs to be a grand investigation of this is to somehow try and place blame elsewhere when the reality is just fund them the same. That's all.
2: Yeah, his his statement was just an absolute hodgepodge of garbage speak. Uh he was quoted as saying, "We can't just say we're in favor of everything being equivalent and fair. We've got to make sure that's actually the case across the board." Like, oh, shut the fuck up! This, like, this is a communication problem. Well, we didn't, you know, we didn't get the right staff together, and we didn't know. No, you, you need to be fired. You need to be fired. Yes, you probably need to be taken out back and beaten with a two by four, which is very expensive these days. I don't know if you guys know this, construction supplies are just through the <laughs> roof. Have you
1: guys looked at uh, at lumber lately? at lumber prices <laughs>
2: lately? But when you're, I mean, when the men's NCAA tournament uh, is is you know figures about twice the twice the price, twice the cost as the women's women's tournament does, and they sent those poor women down to Texas, oh god, of all places for this tournament, it's more than an apology. I mean, you you've got to get out. But you know, Mark Emmert and the entire leadership structure of the NCAA is absolutely amoral, uh, lacking in all sensibility. Self-respect or any worthiness to lead the entity. So it'll be nice to see it unravel. I hope it does soon. And um, and from there, you Plum, know, you- the team—it's the team's responsibility. I think at that point to step up and just say, "We're not going to participate in this bullshit. We're just not going to do it." And but Plum, you bring up a really great point.
0: This sh- this should be the thing that loses someone's jo- that they lose their job over. Yeah. Right. Like I mean, Mark Emery should be even if he's he should be falling on the on the sword on this even if it's not his fault yeah L- like the level of of disparity right it, it i i personally do think it is his fault because if the right teams weren't there that's your
1: fault yep yep yeah but as uh as the poet childish Ambino says this is america wow there it is <laughs> yeah see <laughs> it it is. speaking of which yeah That it was also a bridge. Kofi Coburn.
0: Wow. Just upsetting. Yeah. So uh, we we talked last week about EJ Liddell receiving death threats in the wake of Ohio State's exit. Uh, It has uh, been reported that Kofi Coburn uh, received a number of uh, racist comments directed his way uh, via social media after Illinois' exit from the tournament. I mean, we don't have anything new to say on this other than it's unexcusable, wrong, morally bankrupt. It it just, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't have words for it. Um, Dude's a kid who brought you a a once in a generation team. yeah, And I I don't know where you get off uh, attacking him for things that, I don't care who sent the message. You couldn't, you couldn't do. Um, but uh, I don't know, man.
1: I found myself really wishing that these messages were made public. Like, I don't know if that's E.J. Liddell made
0: his, his public.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's a solution or not, but like there should be accountability for these idiots that make these types of messages to student athletes hey. or a- athletes of any kind.
2: You know, um, I mean, let's be clear, and I I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's not fantastic. I think it's telling that it is coming out of the Big Ten, which let's be clear. The Midwest has a extreme racism problem that we absolutely refuse to acknowledge because we're in the so-called North. Refuse to acknowledge the drivers of racial inequity and disparity that persist in our states, on our colleges, college campuses, throughout life, work. Um, and, uh, it's not surprising, it's not surprising at all that this would be coming out in in Ohio, obviously, and in Illinois and it exists in Michigan. I mean, uh, uh, rocket, obviously we can detest rocket without filling up the poor kid's inbox with racist vitriol. But the point is even he in response to, and I know you guys covered it last week, sort of mentioned, uh, he thought he was the only one going through this kind of stuff. So, you know, my, my whole point is it has to be exposed you know we saw it with the, with folks who voted for Trump and this QAnon bullshit you, you got a sunlight the greatest disinfectant you guys you got to see them all i want to know their names
1: i i don't want like the mob something yeah but you earned it you deserve it no if you if you're stand, by stand by it
2: stand by it stand by what you said stand by it defend
1: yourself and if your employer wants to cut their ties with you, they you deserve that absolutely as well. because you're yeah. revealing an important part of your character. This and is if who you your are. Family and friends want to disassociate with you. You deserve that as well. There should be accountability for these types of messages. When people say that's not who I am, well, who the hell is it then? What the hell do you mean this isn't who you are? This is literally who you are. This is what you did. I mean, now. I, what Alex, all of these people all have type 1 diabetes mm. and they were away from their insulin <laughs> mm. for too long, and then you know, well, and, and as I recall, some had been,
2: you know, grew up on the south side, and you know, they just that's if someone steps that's at how you, people that's how people here.
1: talk down here, and then someone steps to you that way, you step back. I, I do find myself really wishing that these messages would become public so that those that wrote them would well, be held accountable for them.
0: Do you remember, uh, what was it, was it last year, like, or I guess when we first started the pod, that there was a kid from, there was some student at U of M who emailed like a hate mail thing to a U of M player in football, but included his signature line in the email. <laughs> So like his address and his phone number and everything were included. Wow. And I just, I mean, it, you know, but we talked about that, you know, in retrospect as a, it, probably wrongly as an act of stupidity, though. I don't want to call it an act of bravery either. Uh, I, I just, I, I just, it, it feels inescapable to me that we, as we we've we can champion these student athletes and be critical of their play. Those things can coexist. You know, we, we have been hard on rocket here, but I will will say that when rocket sent that tweet out that a great number of people who I also know on Twitter <laughs> have, have been quite critical of rocket Watts replied to that message of show us the messages. I've got a free weekend. Like, We've got your back, and so I, you know, it is something that I think maybe we, with varying degrees, have grappled with. But I, I do know that if anyone came at one of our players, we would go hard at whoever came at them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and I certainly, as annoying as the uh, the Illinois fan base is, I certainly hope they have done the same to whoever came after Kofi Coburn, and same with. God knows the Ohio state fan base has uh, for EJ Liddell. So um, just know that if you ever wear the green and white, uh, we may become annoyed and frustrated and say hyperbolic things, but we do appreciate everything you've done. Um, so, yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, we also actually plum or not plum. Uh, Greg, I'll let you introduce this next bit because I think you have a bit of a Mia culpa on this point. What? You made a joke about a vaccine.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh let's let's continue the seriousness. Uh yeah, I have made jokes uh over time about how the J&J vaccine is the garbage vaccine and that I'd be willing to take even the J&J vaccine. And now, I think certainly my experience and the way that I'm feeling is that we're getting closer and closer to a point where these vaccine will be available to just about everyone. In fact, in the States, uh, just over a week, everyone will be eligible. So I thought it was important because this is something that I'm personally responsible for and something that's being discussed in uh, in media to talk about how the right vaccine is the vaccine that's available to you in almost, in the vast majority of cases, and that there is no real difference um, You know, no demonstrable difference between these vaccines in terms of keeping you alive and keeping you out of the hospital. So I I did want to ask Plum uh, to expand on that point in the way that only Plum can, Um, because I think a good percentage of our listenership is going to be looking at this in the very near future if they haven't already.
2: Right. Yeah, it's a good point. I think you guys handled it well last week. You know, Mike Duggan was wrong. Mike Duggan is the mayor of Detroit was wrong to come out. And he didn't explicitly state that some vaccines were better than others. But you could certainly read into his comments that he wanted two dose vaccines available first and foremost to Detroiters. Um, We know that folks in the city of Detroit have been at higher risk, um, have had higher prevalence and incidence rate of the disease and largely have had poorer outcomes, both from a morbidity perspective and a mortality perspective. So the severity of the disease and also their likelihood to develop severe complications that progress to death. The good news is across all the vaccines, whether they are two dose or one dose, um, no one uh, that we can see from any of the data that's been released yet, nobody who has received a vaccine has progressed to death. And so that is the marvelous thing. So when we're looking at the percentage rates for uh, efficacy, effectiveness of the, of the uh, vaccines, one of the key rates that we look at uh, for them is obviously whether it prevents you from getting sick. Um, And so what we're seeing published, right? So Moderna is about 94.5% after the two weeks after the second shot, you're about 94.5%, you know, quote unquote immune. In other words, you're not going to even develop symptoms, if right. you are exposed. But the reality is that when you look at the guarantee of these vaccines, not to, not to, uh, not to experience a severe morbidity that can result in death. Um, they're, they're nearly all a hundred percent. And, yeah. and that's what the numbers are bearing out. So no, I mean, yeah, you get one shot and and maybe you're 64, 65, 66, 67% up to 71, 72% AstraZeneca. looks like some of their numbers have been a little bit cloudy and we get that separate, but point is those those percentages are are about even developing symptoms and the truth is you know every year i don't know about you every year i get a cold yeah i can't think about a year i haven't gotten a cold and some colds are worse than others some colds you just you get the runny nose for a week or two weeks and it's annoying but you don't really take any time off work some some years you get they kind of knock you on your butt for a couple days and you got to take a nap you know and and that's what we're talking about here this is a coronavirus colds are common colds of coronavirus. So. When you think about taking something that has killed 500,000 Americans yep. and taking it down to the level of a common cold, which is effectively what this vaccine is doing, get your ass in there and get a vaccine. Go do it.
0: Yes, sure. thank you. Go do it
2: right now. Go do, yeah. go do it as soon as you get. If you got to drive to Gaylord, get your ass up to Gaylord. you got to get to Marquette, get to Marquette. You go wherever you can go to get the damn thing because the more of us to get it, I think the Times is reporting we're just under 30% of the country right now has received at least one dose. And that's fantastic. I mean, that is fantastic. And, you know, one dose, one dose of a two dose cocktail is still a pretty, a significant effectiveness at guarding against severe, um, severe, uh, severe disease, uh, uh, progression and death. So, um, so Mike Duggan was wrong to intimate, um, and he should know better. He was the CEO at the Detroit yeah. Medical Center, which we should be clear as a, f- <laughs> um, I'm not going to finish that sentence. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to finish that sentence, but I will say uh, there's a reason he's not the CEO of a of a health system anymore, and he should stick to uh, doing what it is that he does, and that is politics. And uh, the number one rule of politics is, I think, keeping your foot out of your mouth, and he likes the taste of his big toe. So what can you say about that? He
1: sure does. Yeah. Uh, what's most important is that these vaccines will keep you alive and that's why in most cases, don't bother with this shopping around stuff. Get what you can get as soon as you can get it. Yep. Um, here, here. But now I'm going to go back to making jokes about uh, about uh, garbage vaccines. So there we are. Good. Uh, thank you. Plum. Uh, Jonesy, next up. what's What's next on the list, my man?
0: Next on the list is, of course, our wonderful sponsor, Preserved Homemade. A preserved Homemade is a goods and provisions store that brings you the taste of home in the form of homemade treats. You can check out Preserved Homemade on Instagram at preserved underscore homemade. Follow them on Twitter at Preserved H or head to their website at preserved dash to treat yourself or someone you love some homemade goodness. We've all had. Preserved Homemade here and we are all big fans. Uh, We're all better are, people
1: for it. I think it is safe
0: That's to say. Right? Very it's true. We assessment. agree. Very true. Most mm-hmm. true. I, I I think maybe not Plum because it seems like he's developed an inferiority complex about his chocolate chip cookies. Uh, uh, I don't want
2: to talk about it, but not untrue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, uh, they do genuinely make some amazing stuff. So do, again, check them out on Instagram at preserved underscore homemade, on Twitter at preserved H or their website preserved dash homemade dot com to treat yourself or someone you love to some homemade goodness. It is Twitter question time. And uh gentlemen, I just want to point out that summer's coming. It's a slow time. And uh I think the Twitter question power rankings might have to make a return. And I would go so far as to say that I personally am willing to buy a beer or beverage of choice for whomever the winner is when we finally do a live show Hopefully, cross our fingers, hope to die this fall.
1: Hmm. (laughs) Okay. That's my personal promise. So I like the the idea of you being like, all right, let's go to the bar. And I I'm good for one beer, winner of the Twitter stakes. Beer and a shot. On me. I was Mm -hmm. hoping. Boiler maker on
0: me, boy. I was hoping you guys would join me in this pledge so that it, you know, was a little bit more lucrative. But I'll get
1: I'll get round two. Why not? I'll get round three. (laughs)
0: all right and actually uh we are in preliminary discussions about a couple early games in the season so maybe we we can start uh sending out some polls as the time approaches as to who might actually be willing to show up to said live show but anyway we'll start off twitter questions with mama maple leaf of day fay gillespie kim russo and shorefar and thorn Who's your starting pick and what does that player need to accomplish in the spring game to support your
1: choice? Mama Maple Leaf going deep on the, on the spring death chart here to get all of these names. You get some Um, Falcons on there. I mean, it's Russo, right? That's why he's here. It's going to be him. Yeah.
0: I'm with you on Russo as the guy. I do think Thorne is a great stalking horse on it though. Sure. Yeah. Like, Thorne is not a bad backup to have. No? At all. No, no, and he got big looks
2: last year, so I think this is his opportunity to really... Let's see what the offseason did for him. I'm excited to see him play in spring ball.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's Russo. right? I mean, guy has uh, not power five, but he has uh, not a bad... What is... Is that the AAC? He's in the American. That's not mm. a bad group of This is of your five other conference. team, I would expect you to yeah, know that it's not a bad group of five conference uh and he's got some decent stats and will have much better receivers to work with than he's ever had so the thing that he has not going for him is that he's got to learn a playbook that thorn knows now yeah so um i still think russo though the the this the the, the the literal skill set is there for the throws they need he can make them um Next up from Mama Maple Leaf, Cameron Allen wants to make the travel roster, start at least one game, and record at least ten catches. How does Mama Maple Leaf know his?
1: Yeah, why are we going so deep on the? I knew.
0: <laughs> no. Cameron Allen is a twenty twenty one commit.
1: <laughs> ah.
0: Um, yeah, I saw he he talked about this in an interview. Uh, so I'm still surprised she knows this. But which other players? Dotson, Gillison, Hunt, Berghorst, Gissinger, Stewart. And Guajardo has, in your estimation, a chance to reach those goals. Not Dotson, because he is not on the team.
1: Which is funny. That's who I would have said uh, before. Um, I don't know. It's Gillison and Hunt. Sure. Yeah, I I was going to say, who's on campus already? Because they've got the best shot at it.
0: Mm -hmm. Gillison, the problem with Gillison is that the thing that he needs to develop is that he's not been great at pass protection and run blocking. Uh, so and I know tight ends don't do a ton of pass protection, but even when he's doing a little bit of a rub block, he's not been fantastic. Um, hunt converted punter has actually been quite good and had one of our two rushing touchdowns last year. So, um, I imagine those guys are going to get a start at some point in time, but Cameron Allen has the world in front of him with those two dudes as, as the, the options in his way. Um.
1: This is a very impressive question, Mama may believe. Next time you ask a question that is this well-researched, give us your take. Help us out here a little bit.
0: But I, all right, I will add, Guajardo was in the class that was Mel Tucker slash D'Antonio's last class. Uh-huh. I think he's an interesting prospect. I'm just going to say that. Like, I don't know what he ends up being for Michigan State. I think he's an interesting prospect. Um, next up, John Hubbard. Do you think the U of M athletic department is going to set up a meeting between Howard and Harbaugh so that one can teach the other how to have a a successful winning season? What does the PowerPoint look like? Or at least, or at least figure out a way to threaten your opposing coaches. (laughs) How far does Harbaugh's jaw drop in the classic Harbaugh look? We all know. So, all right. I want to zero in on the part of this question. That's my favorite, which is what does the PowerPoint look like? (laughs) So, all right. How many slides are in this deck?
2: Well, if, if, if Harbaugh's going to understand it, it shouldn't have any more than three, but it will probably need to have as many as 38. That's my guess.
1: Is
0: that? No, mind. Math is bad at me. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I just want these slides to be just like chock full of information. Like don't adhere to the, you know, brief statements on each slide roll. No, just go deep, write it all out and give us one of those like little transitions where it like laser etches every single one of the letters. It's fantastic. That's the way it's got to be.
0: Very old school. Uh, I
1: want to see some clip art on this Juan. I want to see some rad clip art as well.
0: Like, uh, like back when he was in school, is that still a record? Was he in school? Wow. those games count?
1: Uh, how much did he, uh, did he have to, uh, vacate all those education as well? well. Uh, Uh, how much, how much money in a bottle
0: or I'm sorry, how much money in bottle slash can returns do you estimate are in your garage a year plus after COVID started? I'm pretty sure I can buy a new car cash down. Uh, Plum, I'll start with you. Oh God. You know, I don't,
2: um, have a garage. So that's the first, uh, thing. In fact, I wanted to build a garage, but lumber prices, as you may have heard earlier, are (laughs) prohibitive. So, uh, no cans for me. I just, actually, you know, I'm one of those people, this is bad. Um, I let the state of Michigan keep my can deposits. I don't uh, return my cans. I just recycle them.
1: Hmm. Oh, Yeah. Thank you. Big big Gretch appreciates that. Yeah. Uh from <laughs> I've made a few trips to the to the old mire. Uh, and what I found is that uh each bag of cans is about five dollars. And if that does indeed hold true, there's gotta be a clean 50 bucks between my basement and the garage uh worth of cans to be taken back. Uh but I also don't take them back very often. Uh this is probably like Four years worth of cans, at least, including multiple tailgates. They smell real bad. They get rinsed before they go in the bag at my house, Michael Jones. Hmm. I'm not lived with you. I've lived with you. Things change, Michael. Some of us rinse cans now. Thank you very much. That's really the only way that I've changed since we lived together. By the way, everything else is the same. I'm a coastal elite who
0: does not have a deposit on his cans. (sighs) <sighs> oh There's that. uh next up anthony garvert we're gonna save we're gonna save the first one
1: yeah come back rest. to that
0: uh with the addition of tyson walker who would lead msu's roster and scoring next season as the roster stand, stands assume henry and langford are both gone this is a great question
1: this is a great question so uh... We,
0: just so people know that we have the incoming uh, Pierre Brooks, uh, Jay Nakins, and Max Christie. We have Tyson Walker. Uh, and then we have the returning cast uh, of characters from this past season.
2: I see Watts' name is on this list, so I'm confused. I guess I'm triggered and confused. <laughs> I'm going to say Dave Brown, though. So, Dave Brown.
1: Yeah, Ooh. Gabe comes to mind. Uh, Hauser is a possibility. I really mm-hmm. think having him in a role where he can be fed the ball is going to work wonders for him. Um, he needs
2: severe psychological help. I'm calling. I'm calling, and that's not. I'm not. I don't mean to be disparaging. We all need. I need severe psychological help, but he needs psychological help. He is not well, and the end of the season was very clear in to... his face. He needs a sports psychologist. He needs a sports psychologist, at least. Yes, he does. Very much. In fact, I might call the university tomorrow and really say that to them. Because they'll they'll take my
0: call,
1: I'm sure. Let Izzo know. Yeah. Yeah, he's been waiting for your call, actually. Yeah. Jonesy, what do you think? What's your take on this? That,
0: man, that, like this is what triggers me so much is that uh, I'm not seeing big points on this list. So. I'm going to say Max Christie. If if what we hear is true about him and he does keep shooting at the three point clip, he does. And he's not a hot or cold shooter. He
1: just shoots.
0: I could see the dude putting up 15 points a game.
1: Well, we'll see how he defends. We'll see how much time he actually gets to spend on the court. Look at this roster and tell me who defends on this list. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, All right, next up from the Next up from Garv, choose from Walker, Christie, Akins, Watts, Lawyer, Brooks, Brown, Hogard, Hall, Hauser, Marble, Bingham, Kithier, Sissoko. That was off of the the roster question that he just asked before. Um, wow. And then Sam Tyler adds uh, Christie's going to be Christie, Hauser, and Walker are the best bets. Uh, there's going to be four to four to six guys in the eight to 12 range. So he, Sam Tyler thinks there's going to be a basketball by committee scoring by committee next year, which has really worked out for us this year. So cool. Well, I mean, Henry ended up being the leading scorer, probably by 60% of the time, 70% of the time. So he was the dude, he was the dude. All right. Garbert, prop bet of the week. The number of departures from this year's hoops roster versus MSU's position in the Big Ten standings next season. Oh, my God. Over under 4.5. Ooh, that is a high
0: over under. Of course, we've got to include Hoiberg in that. So that's the one we know about. So... It's a, but this, you know, what, I, you know that I have been explicit in my appreciation
2: for Anthony Garbert's prop bets of the week, but there is an implicit bias built into this one. Which is to say that it should be inversely related. You can't have only one guy enter the portal such that then we are in the first we're in the first place in the Big Ten standings. I mean, you if we're gonna get the oh, first geez. place it needs to be inversely
1: related. Plum saying the more attrition, the better chance we have yes. of being yes. good basketball. The whole team should strength. be gone. If if there are ten guys in the portal, then
2: we're likely to be one in the big ten. That's how this works, Garbert. So, you're, well, I gotta, so I got you to challenge some of the core, some faulty assumptions, your fatal assumption in your, your layout here.
0: All the same, we can probably assume Aaron Henry is gone and Langford has said as much. So that puts us at three. So it's, are there one to two? Well, we know there has to be one more person to make yeah. room for Tyson Walker. So is there one more person who leaves after that?
1: I mean, there's got to be, there's got to be because Bates is coming in, right? (laughs) That's fine. Uh, I know. uh,
0: I know they reached out to uh, Amon Durham from uh, Indiana. Yeah. And I think the big man from Penn state as well.
1: I'm taking the over on both of these. I think at this point, if we're counting uh, Langford and we're counting.
0: uh, Yes. Departures.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that there's two more to go at least. So. Uh, and I, I am not confident that this team is going to be tops of the big 10 next year. Uh, I think they're going to be more comfortably in the dance, but I, I don't know that there's going to be a banner in Breslin center at the end of next year. Uh, first up from the Improtect jerk guy, uh, you know, we are all asking this question. Uh, when's Jones's vacation? (sighs) All right. Look guy. Uh
0: so I leave We're just counting um, down the days. Yeah, I know. I leave on April 17th and that means that uh I will be back on the 24th. So in theory, I'll be there for the 25th as well, but you might miss me for 2 weeks. I will for sure be absent on the 18th recording. Grand Canyon Notoriously not great for podcasting.
1: Uh, I don't know why. Get a nice echo in there. You know?
0: Plenty we of love that when we have those at the top off. Yeah,
1: the Top off of that. Uh, next up from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Can I get an end of the season pum uh, oh, poem. Please try that one again. End of the season
2: plum poem. Home. Yeah, I could do another limerick for you there. Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Uh, I'll you put, need some bongo drums. I'll, use some I'll, I'll put, drums put some thought to it. I'll put some thought to it. I'll go through your uh, Twitter feed and see what uh, see what you've what you've been putting out there into the world, and see how I can convert that into some uh, some uh, some. Rit- okay, so this form is homework.
1: Yeah, you? you're gonna do. Well, this- we don't
0: have backing music. Uh, let's. Uh, we'll move on to the next question and hope that Plum finds lightning in a bottle. Uh, Greg, what did you think of Gay Brown season?
1: Oh, it's everything we wanted, right? We wanted him to spot shoot and get chewed out on defense and rebound in like three games and uh, barely get to the line. That's what we wanted, right? Uh, I mean, Gabe
0: was missing less this year than last year.
1: Correct. Correct.
0: correct. Uh, and in. All right, let's take a second on this while Plum uh, poems up over there. Oh, I was going so to that...
2: do this over the course of the week.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. He needs to iterate. You can't force the process. No, 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 no. no. Michael Jones. I thought
0: this was a a quick hitting uh, creative writing assignment. I could do a haiku, Um, but it wouldn't be very good. But Gabe, so first of all, didn't have point guard play, which for a spot up corner three guy, you need. Tyson Walker, I've seen some of those passes he makes, probably solves that problem. But either way, for Gabe Brown to be truly great, he needs to drive the bucket. That's the Gabe Brown's lack of aggressiveness is the single most infuriating thing about Gabe Brown. Am I wrong on that?
1: No, no, I, I don't understand how a 6'8 guy doesn't get to the line more, doesn't grab more boards. And who
0: doesn't play above the rim, generally speaking, that his game is I'm going to shoot a corner three.
1: He's like, had some great jams in his time at MSU, but they are so few and far between.
0: It's unreal. The guy, that he's not getting one oop a game is insane to me.
1: because because
0: uh, he, he could drift behind his corner coverage oh. and just
1: uh, uh, game. Breaking news alert: uh, There was the question about UCLA still being in the tournament. They remain. Wow. Big upset over Alabama. Yeah, just happened. Uh, all right. And then, uh, Raven Chains, uh, we're going to skip, uh, behind the scenes of Tom. as I'll we'll come back to that. Uh, first up Maestro Plum. Once my fat ass is fully vaccinated, do you think going to baseball games will be reasonably safe? I think that's probably one of the safest of all the sports events that you could go to, right? Uh,
2: I think so. I think so. Uh, baseball should be fine. No one really cheers uh, in baseball because it's not exciting. And uh, most most people that are there have just got that little book where they, like, do the notations, you know, to, to keep scoring and things.
1: And you score the game. That's very
2: safe because you're really not doing anything but writing with a pencil and a book. Uh, and no one
1: wants to be around you.
2: So you're going to yeah. get Hey! Feet.
1: Well,
2: and and you don't want to be around anybody else because it takes quite a lot of uh, concentration, as I recall, to really score those games accurately. You've
1: got to be paying attention. You yeah. can have a couple of beers.
2: You're going to get a, a, a frank, a frankfurter, as it were. So...
1: And none of the baseball teams in the state are going to put that many people in the stands. Yep. So you're going to be able to find a nice little spot all by yourself. I, uh, I'm looking forward to a lug nuts game or an MSU baseball game. Uh, if, if indeed they allowed spectators, uh, during their seasons this year, uh, next up to Jonesy is the upper deck jerk guy, a 120 year old Tibetan lady. <laughs>
0: I've not been to Tibet. I believe Plum has. Um, no, yeah, not Tibet. Didn't... Nepal. Not Tibet. Yeah, not been to Tibet. Uh, okay. Does China claim both of them? Nope, just Tibet. Okay. Okay. Uh, just love that oppression. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, the jerk guy does not seem overly oppressed. So I'm going to say no. But I would not be surprised. Um I don't know what this next question is, so I'll leave it to Greg, who may know more as he's local. Mm. If research proves that mascots are harmful, then WTF, are we still debating it uh, regarding Okemos?
1: Oh, yeah. Okemos is officially either de-emphasizing the iconography, the Native American iconography, or changing their mascot altogether. They claimed that they had already de-emphasized it, but I can swear that I saw saw it somewhere um yeah it, it seems like we are so overdue for this there's so many native american themed high school mascots in the state of michigan just blanket get rid of them good god we don't need to be doing this still okamas get it together get this done
0: yes please See, like please you're you're two towns over from the Capitol. Like, come on now.
1: Yeah. Uh, and finally this week from the Raymond chains I'm behind the scenes with Tom is up Tom's obsession with baking the perfect pizza borders on unwholesome coach D brings over the no fly zone resulting in the coaches giggling while playing NBA video games and ordering takeout for two days. Oh. Steve and Lupe are not amused. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no fly zone must be a marijuana.
1: Yes! Uh, in the in the Izzo Dantonio behind the scenes universe no fly zone is the stickiest stuff available. Uh
0: that's the answer, right? I mean, retirement Coach D on the ganj in retirement is my version of Coach D. Yeah.
1: Get yourself a no fly zone gummy bear or two, and uh let's go.
0: All right, here's a a question that's not in Twitter questions that I was thinking about the other day. Um, where are you on Coach D, uh, the, the field being named after him?
1: Oh, I hadn't even considered that for a moment. Um, right. That's my question. Uh, Warmed or cooled? To the idea. Warm, warmish. I assume that coach D will be added to the west side of the stadium next to Duffy and, and next to, uh, uh, next to, um, uh, why am I blinking so hard? Waters? No, uh, Duffy Doherty and, uh, Biggie Munt uh, are on the west side of the stadium in the, in the ring of honor. And I, I think D'Antonio belongs there. Uh, it hadn't occurred to me to name the field after him. I'm not sure. I I think you just put him up there with the two other coaches. I don't think you named the field after him personally. Okay. Uh, All
0: right. Last up, CT and TC. Minnesota firing Patino to hire one of Patino's own assistants from the
1: Halcyon Halcyon Days
0: of Minnesota basketball. 2014 to 2018, big brain move or galaxy brain move?
1: I actually was so unaware that Minnesota actually hired a coach. I'm learning this now, thanks to CTNTC. Uh, I'm going to call it galaxy brain because if you took a Patino assistant, that doesn't seem like a great move to me
0: at all. So, In fairness, though, they probably were the one
1: coaching. (laughs) so i knew uh i'm i'm reading ahead here i knew about mike woodson for indiana i did not know that minnesota actually made a hire so uh great big splash there minnesota athletic department a guy who actively watches everything going on in the big 10 had no idea that you hired a coach uh, this is a little bit of segment fishing, which we appreciate here now in, uh, in the OT, the off topic season. Um, so maybe we'll defer this to later unless Jonesy, you want to do it right now after Izzo from CTNTC, after Izzo, how would you rank the coaches in the big 10?
0: Yeah, we can delay it. Uh, in fairness, it's hard because there are some changes happening right now. Yeah. Um, So we should delay this, but I will say your coach CT will get some love. So I don't want to, but it will
1: happen. He's not done yet. He's not done yet this year. Hopefully
0: soon enough. uh, Who do you think Indiana will hire as their next? That's been answered.
1: Well, I wouldn't have said Mike Woodson. I'll say that. Um, Yeah, yeah. I was surprised by this today. I remember when Mike Woodson was an NBA head coach, I had no idea what he had been up to in the those intervening years. Uh, All right, this... hold on.
0: Garve prop bet for you. Yeah. Over under number of pe- people that they reached out to and were told no by versus Indiana's rank at the end of next season's
1: basketball uh, season. Over under set at nine and a half. Oh God, it's gotta be over. If you end up at Mike Woodson, you must've talked to a lot of people and you must've gotten a lot of no's. I mean, this, (laughs) I know that Indiana or or fandom are like trying to get excited about this. Like one of their own is coming home, bro. This guy, I don't, I don't remember Mike Woodson being on any of your short lists. Am I seeing that Thad Mata is going to be an assistant though? Is that true?
0: i i they keep, swear i saw somebody
2: that. is trolling Thad mata and his back and heart problems i'm telling you that right now and they're probably doing it to kill him but no every fucking thing you've heard about Thad Mata, i don't think any of it's true the poor guy is like near near death i think so no I, no
0: he's gonna be he's gonna be hired at indiana as an assistant coach
2: this is this is beneath his own dignity he must really be bored
0: no i think i think he his health is genuinely poor And so being able to hit the recruiting trail at that level is maybe just a bit beyond him.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was part of why Ohio State wanted to part company with that is that he wasn't well enough to recruit. And from what I've heard, that unfortunately has not changed that significantly. And carrying those bags is hard on your back. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Thousands of dollars weigh a lot. I don't know what to make of this. Mike Whitson hire. Maybe it'll be great. I, I got to think that this has Indiana basketball fans looking at one another like, oh, oh, really? This is this is the move, huh? Do you think um, Dane leaves for it if they ask him to be an no, assistant coach? No, you are much better off being yes, an assistant coach. At I MSU. agree. He's I not agree. going anywhere unless it was for the head coaching job, and that wasn't going to happen either. So, uh, finally, from CTNTC, uh, what was the last movie you saw in theaters? Do you guys remember?
0: I think my wife was pregnant when the last time I went to a movie
2: theater. Movie, okay. movie theater, movie theater. I don't even know what they are. What is a movie theater? Am I saying it right? Theater? You drive into this movie place. Get- Movie
1: theater. Hmm.
2: I don't recall. I remember in middle school seeing... One of the Star Wars. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I don't actually I don't remember. <laughs> One of the Star Wars. I had a
1: Star War in middle school.
2: Yeah, you guys will be happy to know that because I care about the upper deck jerk guy so much, I actually did quickly jot down a poem. Okay, him.
1: well, we'll end, the, we'll end the podcast with that. Jonesy, do you remember whatever you saw most recently in a the theater?
0: No, I, I do think we were living in Connecticut at the time, uh, and I think my wife was pregnant. I don't remember the movie we saw, but... I believe it's technically pronounced Connecticut, but that's fine. Keep going.
1: It's strange to say this. I remember the act of going to the movie theater the last time, but I do not remember what I saw on the screen. Same season.
0: Also, uh, Snyder Cut ages better than my review last time. Oh, okay. And I I I listened to the How Did This Get Made on the Snyder Cut, and uh,
1: that maybe helped clarity-wise. How did this get made? It is bizarre that this exists. It doesn't happen. All right, Plum, take us out with your epic sonnet for the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. There once was a rocket named
2: Watts who made very few of his shots. So when push came to shove him in the portal with love, was because his season gave us the trots. <laughs> Beautiful. Gentlemen, go green. Go hide.
1: Go wait, I protect your guy. <laughs>